Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. We are on Hollywood Boulevard. You are being recorded. I have to tell you that. It's a legal requirement. uh, Yeah, I appreciate the heads up. So, hey, what are we talking about today? Well, I got got a little bit from here, a little bit from there, but I've been watching some TV, and I can talk about it. Tell me what you have been watching. Well, I'll start with the heavy stuff. Okay. Uh, the you know the for the better part of the TV season or the standard TV season is done, and most shows were already unable to complete their seasons because of uh, COVID nineteen. But um, now a couple late season Emmy grab miniseries have begun to air. So I've watched the first half of the six part. Uh, I know this much is true with Mark Ruffalo, and Mark Ruffalo because he plays twin brothers uh, on HBO. Uh, which is an adaptation of the the big Wally Lamb novel from about two decades ago. I was wondering if that was what it was. Yeah, okay. Did you read that? I think I did, but it was oh, wow. so Do you long remember ago. It? I, it was yeah. so long ago, I don't remember it. Yeah, that's me with books. Like, I'm actually certain I did, um, but I do not remember it. Um, but wow, it took a while for this to come to, to a, a film or TV series. Yeah, I don't know if there were other attempts made along the way or what, but um, yeah, here we are. I think the book came out in '98. Yeah, and, sounds um, about right. Yeah, yeah. so because I remember I tried to read it back in college and then I didn't. But but yeah. Is he? Um, I'm sorry. Is so this is on HBO. Yes, okay. airing in six parts weeks every Sunday night week to week okay. to week. Okay, so this is six. Do we? By the way, do you happen to know if Succession is? has been held up filming wise or if it will be coming out this like summer slash fall i think it is still held up i don't think they got to complete the season and so they're holding okay i was just curious about let that. me but let me let me ask uh my my bride to be Alyssa. Yeah. succession was unable to complete its season three I don't right i think it started filming oh she doesn't even think it started filming yet so the it, whole thing is held up so the whole thing is held up okay and now she's crying that now in tears that affects my you know obviously that affects my hbo watching so i'm going to have to yeah i don't I have to miss this they've certainly not set a return date i'm pretty sure they are not done and, and can't announce a return yet oh this is such a bummer uh i know the only thing that could serve as a nice balm to that is uh uh you know giving it lots of emmy awards later this summer Stupid COVID. Really, really, really the worst of all the effects. Um, Okay. So I guess I don't know how I'm going to be seeing this if I'm not going to be getting HBO. Maybe I'll like do it for a free weekend if they have it again or something. Um, Because I do want to see this now. Because I was wondering if it, because I knew it shared the title, but so many things share the title. Right. And I never bothered to dig in. So tell me about it. Um, So it's, the story of two twins that grow up in a, a fairly working class uh, family and one is schizophrenic um, and we meet them in adulthood at about the age of 40 and one of them, the schizophrenic one, uh, has made a, a successful attempt to sever his hand uh, as a, 
as a means of sacrifice and protest against the original Gulf War in the early 1990s. Um, and he is committed. And then his brother is the one who has to try and handle everything in the present. And then we get a lot of glimpses into the past. So we see their upbringing. We see their relationship with each other and uh, how each of them moved on uh, along the path that they had. Um and Mark Ruffalo plays both twins and filmed each role separately. So he is uh, thinner when he plays the twin who is not schizophrenic, went back, gained weight for the one who is schizophrenic and is committed, um, and actually played off of another actor who shows up in a, a smaller part, uh, as I believe the younger version of these twins. Um, and neither man has had an easy life. Um, or, or an easy route. And, and the show continues to follow them through past and present so that you see a lot of the obstacles, um, including social, economic, and institutional ones um, that, that have sort of sidelined him. Uh, and I think he's terrific in it. Uh, this is one of the things that my fiancé and I disagree on. I happen to think Mark Ruffalo is terrific in everything, um, and he doesn't really do it for her at all. Um, but I think, oh really? Oh, I love Mark Ruffalo. I'm with you. Hey, Karen's with me. Alyssa's <laughs> done with both of us now. Um, <laughs> she thinks he doesn't even open his mouth when he speaks. And what was the Oscar think... nomination he got for being shot in Foxcatcher? She doesn't like his Oscar nomination for Foxcatcher. I think he's fine with it. Shannon he's fine with it. Been nominated, and that's disgusting. Oh well, but we love him. I don't know. I love him. Anyway, I well, I think cool. it's a. Uh, I think this is probably one of his, his most high degree of difficulty roles, and I think he nails it. I want to say also I've been a lifelong fan of his, and that started when I saw him in the movie version of You Can Count On Me with Laura Linney. So for those of you who don't know it or haven't seen it, I will check um, at some point, either during this podcast or later, and write it on the Facebook page uh, if it's streaming. But that's that remains one of, I think, the best, most pure, great films of this century. Uh, so You Can Count on Me, written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Um, Mark Ruffalo is Oscar-worthy in that. Laura Linney is Oscar-worthy and was nominated for that. It, that movie is perfection. They are both perfect in it. And um, that so kind of put him on the map. It did. That was his break. Yeah, that, that was, was his definitely yeah. the big career boon that he had. So, so you know, this is kind of gritty filmmaking. Um, the director, the director Derek C in France, however you say it, does a lot of like darker movies. He did Blue Valentine with um, Mike, uh, Ryan Gosling, Michelle Williams. Uh, he did The Place Beyond the Pines with Ryan Gosling and uh, Bradley Cooper. Um, and and so far, I think it's I think it's very effective. Rosie O'Donnell is in it and is very good. Juliette Lewis, Catherine Hahn, Archie Punjabi from. Uh, the Good Wife, and also that show I Hate Ron. Um, it's a good cast. Yeah, and, it's a great cast. I'm I'm still a couple episodes away from the end. I believe it is so far also faithful to the novel, though I never finished reading it, so I don't know. But that's what I've gathered. Uh, so if you like dark things, um, I highly recommend it. If you can't handle dark things, especially at this time, who can blame you? I would wait on it. Okay. Fair enough. But but I think you can handle it. So whenever you get your HBO, I suggest that I recommend it to you. <laughs> well, I thank you. So what else did you see? 
have you seen? Oh, well, I'm only one episode in, and there's only three, but AMC is, is airing uh, a short miniseries called Quiz. Uh, so I saw the first episode, which is, it's about a, who wants to be a millionaire scandal that took place right at the turn of the century before it came over and became a hit on ABC here in America. Um, and the first episode is largely uh, like a glance back at the creation uh, and launch of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire franchise um, on ITV in London. Um, and so, speaking of succession, Matthew McFadden, who plays um, Shiv's husband on yes. Succession, yes. he is in it. Um, and yeah, I think his role becomes more prominent in the second and third episodes. So that's why we're tuning in, but we haven't really gotten to see him strut his stuff yet. But so far, it's a, it seems like it's a, a, a well-written look uh, what happened? Okay, I mean, because I actually read an interview with him, and so I knew this was coming out because it was targeted to quiz. But it was funny; the interview didn't give you much information about what the project was, which was a little, I'm sure, very disappointing to the people, you know, to 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 AMC, um, yeah. you know, uh, and mostly kind of focused a little bit more on Succession, which That's... I thought was really funny. Um, That's too bad, but if it's part of their own push for him to get a succession nomination, I'm for it. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know that it was necessarily. Um, uh, then he's just not talking about the thing he's supposed to be talking about. I think that he, yeah, or the um, the journalist was not talking about the thing that he was supposed to be talking about. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and they just pegged it. You know, it's just just a way to be first. I don't know. Um, but it did kind of leave me going. Like, I was like, is this an updated version of quiz show? Like it was just very confusing. Um, because I didn't realize that a, who wants to be a millionaire came from the, the UK and B, that there do. was scandal. Anything we watched came from there. <laughs> oh, okay. And I didn't know that there was scandal around it. So I, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely yeah, nothing. I, I know a little bit, um, about what happened, but not all the details. So hopefully the next two weeks will fill me in on that. Okay, cool. So, so you're enjoying it? I am. I am so far. And, and is Alyssa getting her Tom, you know, time in, even though it's... Yes, yes. But we both think we'll, we're going to get more of it in the next week. Well, good. But we okay. should say that his wife in the show is played by Sean Clifford, who is also uh, the sister of the Phoebe Waller-Bridge bridge character on Fleabag. Um, so it's nice to see her in that, too. Right. Okay, um, I looked. The movie You Can Count On Me is um, available on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, perfect. So those Amazon Primers, um, you can... If you can stream it, be it. Live yeah. it. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a truly great movie. So I think you have been doing the most quarantine thing to do during quarantine. Well, I mean, are you talking about me cooking and baking? Or are you yeah. talking about me watching people cook and bake? Cause I'm doing... talking about both. Yes. So yes. It's, the, it's the domestic bliss I have wanted to have for years, and it only took an international disaster for it to come to <laughs> fruition. Doug let me in on something, uh, told me a secret today, and I, I, I was just shocked. And I was totally surprised about this and kind of tickled. He has never watched Food Network before. Not until two months back. Nope. 
So now I have not watched Food Network in 10 years, ever since we cut the cord, which is kind of crazy to think about how we started streaming basically 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Maybe eight. But it's been like eight to like sure, it's been sure. It's probably let's say seven, eight years. Yeah. 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 That we've been that I've been a non-cable subscriber, which I think is just loon, lunatic to think about that. Like I'm just like, wow, how did that happen? So um yeah, so it's been a while. And one of the things I really did enjoy watching, and I did miss it first, but you know, after a while time takes that away, is the food network. So what do you think? Well, I mean, I should say I never had a snobbery against it. It was just there's only so much time. And so I was keeping up with other scripted things, pretty much things in my DVR, that sort of thing. Um, I always knew if I would watch a bunch of cooking shows, I would enjoy them. And I was right. They are delightful. You could, you, and, and, and it is unending bliss. Like you could never stop watching all of it. You will never run out of cooking shows. You will never watch out of food competitions. There's something really comforting about this, especially like in our fraught times, shall we say, to sit down and just watch a cooking show. Definitely. You know, because you're just sort of like watching these happy people in these really beautiful kitchens, making some really delicious looking food and they make it look so easy. And it's kind of like they kind of cheer you on, like you can do this too. Yeah, they, uh, that's the, the the thing is a lot of them just make it look so easy. Yeah, and like well, I don't have your budget and I don't have your resources or equipment, but okay, it looks nice. It looks like it all worked. But I could totally do this. So who is your favorite? And and they've had a lot of changes here. I'm I'm actually looking on their website of like all the new. People, they have, like, all of a sudden, Valerie Bertinelli. What? She has a show. Trisha Yearwood. What? She has a show. But we do have sort of our old standbys. We've got um, Giada. We've got Anne. We've got Bobby Flay. You know, we've we've got our old standbys here. So who's your favorite? Um, I think, go, for old time, I think Ina yes. is the gold standard. I love her. She is the loveliest of the lovely. Um, but I think the one that we, I, well, I guess there are two that are flip sides of the spectrum, but that we have enjoyed watching the most. The two shows have been Chopped and then also Worst Cooks in America, which Amberell is like the constant of the co-hosts on that show. Um, and she is great. But Chopped is a lot of fun. And it's some of those celebrity chef judges are the ones that I think are my I can't even say of like the new guard because I think they're the middle guard, um, but that become some of our favorites. So Amanda Freitag and Mark Murphy and Alex Guarnaschelli, um are definitely a couple of them. I might like Jeffrey Zakarian a bit less than Alyssa does. Um, he's a little too buttoned up for me. Um, and I think he still sounds too luxury when he talks to the contestants. Um, Alyssa definitely likes Scott Conant better than I do. Um, I hate Giada. I do not like watching her show. Oh, do you tell why? I just think she's full of it. She, she doesn't even look like she enjoys the food she's making. Um, I just like looking out the window of her kitchen, what looks like it's supposed to be beach. Um, it, it always, I, whenever I watched her, I always wondered if her face hurt because she was smiling so hard. 
Yeah, it doesn't look natural. Right? Like, she's, like, just grinning really hard. Like, she's trying to look really happy. But, yeah. And do you, have you ever seen or, or did you read about the Pioneer Woman? I caught a couple of Reed Drummond's episodes because she just, I think, got on Food Network right around the time that I, that I left. And I've read. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And I've read a, a bit of her blogs, uh, you know, her, the blog that sort of like started it all um, when I've done like Google searches for recipes. And so I've actually made a few of her, um, her dishes and uh, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Um, she is definitely, I mean, she is definitely middle America. Like, yes, she is definitely Miss Flyover State. Also, yeah. I should say before we continue talking, I hate her. So that's where <laughs> I'm coming from on her. <laughs> now, why do you hate her? I also just think she is fake as shit. Um, and also, I don't think she, I mean, she'll make things like soup and she'll like open a can and like put soup in a pot and be like, I just made soup. This is how you make soup. What, I'm like, you don't eat chicken nugget parmesan? Oh yeah, she made chicken nugget parmesan, but she like took the chicken nuggets already prepared from like the supermarket. Well, so I'm okay. like, I don't, I don't buy, I don't, I don't buy what you're selling, lady. Well, I, I guess they're giving her like the semi homemade with Sandra Lee treatment because they don't recall her doing that as like egregiously you know like I think that like maybe when I first started watching her she would take some shortcuts but I don't recall I don't I don't feel like she would ever like take out the chicken nuggets from the freezer and throw them in a parmesan do you yeah, know what I mean and be, be like doing a lot of that also which, she genders her food she'll she'll be like oh my sons have been working hard on the ranch and so I'm making a steak for them and the women are going to have a salad so I'm going to put some greens on a plate for them. This it's is what we need ridiculous. to talk about with her. This is indeed what we need to talk about with her. One of the things that sort of struck me as her when I first started watching is that she she is living this sort of or her persona because I don't think this is exactly real. Um, her persona is living this sort of romance novel life where she was this big city editor, I think, is how she she did start out. I think she was like a New York City editor, maybe a magazine editor. Um, and when I think she might have like gone to a dude ranch on vacation or something like I could totally be making this up right now. So this might be this is completely half assed. Um, but she went to like a dude ranch and that's where she met her husband and he is an honest to God cowboy, right? Is what she calls him. He is him. a cowboy. Yeah. And she like fell in love and married him and moved to his ranch and is sort of like, you know, the big city, like that fish out of water, big city woman falls for aw shucks, you know, country guy. And now she's living her best life in her, you know, one and a half million dollar ranch, but she says she's a pioneer and she's roughing it. And yes, yeah. and there yeah. is. I mean, he this... like owns Kentucky or he owns Oklahoma, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, like he owns the state. Like he's like super, super wealthy. Um, but you know, but but there is this sort of like I'm a pioneer woman in this wild west, and it's like, dude, you live in Oklahoma with a rich dude. You know what I mean? Like that's what you do, lady. Um, and, but this is the persona that she sold and it is very, very, um, very middle America. I, have you ever, 
I think she might, she has a magazine. I feel like she has a magazine or she has and yeah, she has a magazine. And when you read her magazine, it's all shit to buy. Well, of course it's it all is. her own shit. Like it's like, like she, she's, it's almost like a catalog and she's selling you her own shit. And it's like, not even like cooking stuff. It's like clothes and pants and, you know, and like tchotchkes for your house and, you know, floor mats and welcome mats. It's like, you know, but it's all very kind of, kind of not like, like at least what's her name the, the Chip and Joanna Gaines Oh the Gaineses The Gaineses like she kind of does the same thing with her Magnolia Journal but I feel like at least she has good taste Sure yeah I don't Yeah I don't want to dwell too much more on Ree um but but yeah I don't I don't think she's whether it's a persona or not it's not for me It's still very problematic I will agree yeah. with that Yes yeah Ina's great um, but- I, Ina is just the loveliest. She and, and her husband have the sweetest relationship. And she just has such a delicate touch when it comes to putting all of her food together. Um, but no, I really like Chopped. And I would love to one day, when they ever get to film them again, be in the audience for either Chopped or Beat Bobby Flay, which I believe they record in Chelsea here. So yeah, I'm do. hoping so I'm hoping um, that we can do that one day. No, it's the easiest thing to have discovered in and fallen in love with. So um, have you made any of the rest? Like, have you been cooking along with them or have you made anything? No. Just watching. No, we're just watching. And like I said, we're not really watching for inspiration or instruction. We're more watching the elimination shows. So, right. you know, like Chopped, they're given ridiculous ingredients and are supposed to use their resourcefulness to concoct some miracle dish in 30 minutes. I mean, these are things we will never buy or have access to in our supermarket. So, so not really, but, but it's almost the reverse in that it's inspiring or it's refreshing to see um, when even the best of the best struggle or falter, when they miscalculate, Mm -hmm. when they burn things, that sort of thing. Um, Is, um, Oh crap! What was the 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 uh oh now I can't remember what it was called that because they didn't have Chopped when I stopped like Chopped was kind of a recent development. They had Iron Chef. Is that what you're? Iron thinking? Chef. That's the one I was. That's before about. my time. I always remember people having talked about that, and I was like, nah, 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 I don't know. Um, and I should say that there was a spell years back where I did also watch Top Chef, but I fell out with it. Um, I happen to like the people on these Food Network shows more than Top Chef, which is on Bravo. Uh, mm-hmm. significantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you watch Gordon Ramsay's uh, show? Uh, sporadically. If I were home, I would watch it. Um, my sister and, and my mother really liked it, but but I never made a, a habit of it. However, um, we were in Italy. I think it was in Venice. And there was a restaurant called Hell's Kitchen, which had nothing to do with the show Hell's Kitchen uh, at all. But, but that's oh, where that's my really sister funny. decided we should go. So one night in Venice, we ate it. A restaurant called Hell's Kitchen. That's um, so funny. How was the food? <laughs> I remember being fine. Um, it was, but it was like an American meal. Um, and I, I mean, like I loved watching cooking shows when I was young, growing up in front of the TV. Uh, I mean, I watched the Frugal Gourmet. I really liked that at the time when there were very few competitors. So the eater in me has always had it to be uh, a watcher. Um, right. But now we have we have more time. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, go ahead. 
Did you ever um did you ever watch Julia Child on PBS and the no. French Chef? Or was that like what yeah. I'm like really aging myself now? I mean I think they were on at one point, but I never I never made a, a point of watching them. I knew who they were. If you want to see something absolutely delightful and very, very retro, may I recommend, um, it used to be on Amazon Prime. I have no reason to believe why, why it would be off. For one season, about 10 episodes, um, Jacques Pepin and Julia Child did a show together. Julia oh, I remember Jacques. that. Yes. yes and they are an absolute delight to watch. Um, the food is very um, relatable, I guess. You can, you know, it's sort of like everyday cooking, um, you know, what she was known for. And so it's sort of really interesting to see the two of them together and they have a wonderful dynamic and they make some really, really good food. Um, I particularly liked their omelet making. Yes. You, I kind of learned a lot. I, it's on Amazon Prime also. Yes. Julia and Jacques cooking at home. Oh, yeah, it sounds lovely. For the, I mean, for the record, I have always loved both of them. I just think they're delightful. Yes, and so you will really love this show. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it to anybody who enjoys watching cooking shows. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do uh, a list, maybe not a top ten ranking, but a list of some of my favorite movies about food and cooking. Oh, Big Night will definitely be on there, right? That's clearly going to be on there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try and come up with a few less obvious ones as well, but yeah. I don't know less obvious. I thought that that was a very underrated movie. I don't know that a lot of people know it. I think it's one that if you're in the know, you know it, and otherwise it just passed you by. So you're right. But okay. I consider you in the know, so that's why. So what what other food-related would you throw on there? Um, eat, drink, man, woman. Uh, I'd have to think about it. Well, there's the, the French movie before they made it into... Uh, no Reservations with Catherine Zeta-Jones was called mm -hmm. Mostly Martha. Um, I'd probably Julie and Julia would be in there. Um, I'd have it, to think. And I'm also curious. Gonna... Would you put The Godfather in there? Well, I don't typically think about it when I think about food. Because I when, like that choice. Whenever I watch The Godfather, I have to eat a like Italian food. I tried to do that with some friends in college and they hadn't seen the movie. And I was like, let's watch the Godfather and I'll make spaghetti and we'll have red wine. And they were like, okay. And then we never did it. And I don't think they ever, in my knowing them, even saw the movie. But um, yeah. Do I associate my, my joy of making like an Italian cooking event tied to that movie and maybe eating a cannoli. Yeah, yeah, I do. But I don't, but I also don't think of that when I think of. It's not oh, a food oh, movie. Oh, food. It's not a food movie, but it is one of those movies that make me think of food. Like it makes me think of food. Like it has, and maybe it's my, you know, my own upbringing, but like whenever I watch that movie, I'm like, man, I need to eat. Like I need, I need yeah, a bowl man. of pasta. I need some no, meatballs. I get, and I'm always in support of a bowl of pasta. Yeah. Oh, I know you we had some. We actually had some today. Um, I forgot Babette's Feast. Also an amazing food movie. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and uh, my beloved just said, I didn't hear you mention Burnt, which is a Bradley Cooper movie that I've not seen in which he is a chef. So I have it's to, I, I, I apparently still have some research ahead of me. Okay. Well, good.
Well, good. I was just kind of curious. Um, it's so funny. You don't think about what movies are about food, and there are many. There really are. It's worth it's worth the rabbit hole because I love food. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, speaking, of, speaking yeah. of food, how did your lemon cake come out? Delicious. I when we are not in a blackout on social media moment, I will post it. Um, so what, um, what was, cause I know you did post a photo of it in, on one of the socials that I caught. I did it on Instagram. I didn't put it on the Facebook page. And what was that delightful looking frosting? That was a lemon icing. It was, so it was a lemon cake with a lemon icing. Sure was. So it was very lemon forward. We were, we were very lemon forward. So did did it was it too much lemon or did or was it like no, no because the cake was delicious and moist and wonderful and the icing just really accented it. Oh, nice! And where did you get the recipe? Um, I think Duncan Hines. Really? <laughs> From a box? Yeah. Oh my god! It was. <laughs> I'm over here picturing you and Alyssa like squeezing the lemons yourself. No, though I'm sure she could. I would need some guidance. She probably could do it in two seconds. Because I've been seeing, like, you're, like, you know, since she's been, you know, COVID laid off here, um, you know, I've I've been seeing some of your food postings are quite elaborate lately. And I was like, oh, my God, Alyssa's been so busy. Because you, uh, you know that she's cooked you dinner. Like, you know, it's not me. Being we, have, we have often we have often taken on the role where, where Alyssa plays chef as I finish up the workday. Yeah. Um, and but uh, yes, I do not want to mislead people that we are always cooking from scratch. Sometimes we can and do, but we are also uh, doing we are buying mixes and we're baking. We're making dinners from HelloFresh and also friend of the podcast, Robert Griffin. Uh, gave us a promo code for Marley Spoon, which is Martha Stewart's, and that oh. has actually worked out better than we had hoped. So, so that's a good one too. Um, Martha Stewart, by the way, is sometimes a judge on Chopped and on uh, a smaller show that just finished called Camp Bakeaway, and she is probably the worst judge of all time on, yeah, on I, that network. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Did I tell you I, I was doing Hungry Root for about a hot minute? No. And why did you stop? Um, I stopped mostly because the family complained. Like, oh, well, like well, they were they like, not, well, they, they were like, tasty or what? Oh, well, I mean, it tasted, it was good. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh my God, but it was quite good. I mean, I don't want to diss it, um, because I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but you know, Anthony was like, everything tastes the same, which I guess in fairness, it kind of does. But like, it was like, you know, we have so many different like we we like we're like they're vegetarian i'm mostly vegan um but i will eat meat on occasion you know i do supplement my diet with meat but i can't have any gluten so it's like this whole crazy thing we have so many dietary restrictions you know that it was like hungry root gluten-free uh vegan is what i'm what i'm doing you know and so it's like i can only basically like it's going to be like stir fry or, you know, yeah. you know, something kind of like a, like a grain bowl, you know, but it's going to be like rice or quinoa. So it's still, it's very limited. So I felt like it was kind of unfair because he was like, well, everything tastes the same. Um, and I was like, oh, that's not really fair. I did not like their Thai peanut sauce. And that seemed to come all, come mm. with a lot of it. But it kind of took me a few weeks to figure out how to like work the system. You know what I mean? Um, and it, but you know, there were things that I absolutely loved about it because it wasn't like, um, 
it was, I guess it was, I'm not sure if it was like Blue Apron or not like Blue Apron, but you basically got X amount of meals and they were kind of like, you know, you got the vegetable, you got like whatever protein it was going to be, whether it was beans or meat, uh, not meat, but tofu, fake, the fake meat, you know, the Beyond Burgers or whatever. Um, and then, and then some sort of like grainy thing. And then we would also get some pantry items. Uh, along with it, some like, you know, granola bars, cereal, stuff like, like, I just did it to stay out of the supermarkets during our peak COVID, you know, I just figured, you know, the less time I have in the supermarkets, yeah. the better. Um, so, so I figured let's give this a try, but I really liked how everything was kind of like pre-measured. It was like, it's so much like not good for the environment, but basically like, I didn't even, I love not having to think about things. It was one less thing I had to think about during the day, which was so awesome. It's, it's a fair way to be. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of like, oh, Steve Jobs had it completely right when he, you know, the reason why he wore the same damn thing every day was because it was one less Just make decision it easy. he had to yeah. make, you know, um, because he felt like we could only make X amount of decisions. And I was like, you know, there is some truth to that. We can only make a certain amount of decisions a day. Do you really want it to be about what you're having for dinner? Or do you really want it to be about what you're wearing? Um, and, you know, where you could put that mental energy elsewhere. So for that, I was like, this is great. And so this has been the first week without it. Um, in about a month. And I've been, it's been a struggle with the dinner. Like I'm, I'm just like, crap, I got to think about what to make or like, you know, go to the grocery store. And it's like, crap, I got to think about what I'm going to make this week. And I can't think that far out. I know everybody says like, you should sit down and meal plan. I swear I sit, I try to sit down and meal plan every week and I just draw a blank. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I don't yeah. know why. I don't know what my, I don't know why I'm blocked there. So it was, it was good. And I would recommend it, especially to people who do have a lot of dietary restrictions. Um, as far as like the box stuff goes, it was the only thing that consistently showed up fresh. I, yeah. You know, yeah, like I, I had maybe. a problem. I had a problem with Misfit Smart. A couple, like a couple boxes in a row showed up and the, and stuff was warm and that's just gross. Yeah. You know, um, and Ugh. then I, yeah, it was, it was, it was like disgusting. It was like the first box was perfect and I was so excited. And then for whatever reason, they moved the shipment, uh, the, the, the sort of point of origin of shipment. And it was actually closer to us than the original one. So I thought, oh, this will, they'll be even better. And it was actually worse. I'm sorry you've had such poor luck. I know, which was disappointing because I really wanted that one to work, you know. Um, so I haven't had that. I haven't had great luck with um, with these uh, with these food ordering things. I did butcher box for a while. I felt like that was just not worth the money based on the cuts that I was of meat that I was getting. This was back when I was more meat meat heavy. Yeah, yeah. you know. So I so I don't know. I've never, I have I feel like I haven't had any luck with it. So. But Blue Apron was is good, and you like Martha Stewart's new thing. Yeah, we're, we're I think we're probably going to alternate a little bit week to week between them and HelloFresh and, and just see. But they have a lot of nice fresh meal offerings, and they feel summery and a little bit different. Um, it's not like we're just getting some sort of, like, standard chicken recipes, and that's it. So um, they're they're good. Do they get delivered every day or is it one of those things Weekly. that come once we get a, a week? We get, a, we get a box once a week. Okay. All right. And does, does Blue Apron work like that too? Yeah. I tried that out briefly, but 
that was a little more chaotic. They gave me a box, but they didn't separate any of the ingredients from one recipe to another. So Ooh. you just kind of had to, like, put it all in your fridge and figure it out later. So I was like, eh, it's not worth it. I also didn't think their recipes were as organized. It's not like they weren't easy to follow and I'm dumb. It's just I didn't think they actually – I think they made – think they left steps out. So, um, so I was like, you know what? I haven't been a big fan of yours, so we move on. Oh, no, Hungry Root's been super simple, like, and, and it's seriously, like, one pot, like, like most of them are one pan, like, heat oh, this wow. up, put it in a bowl, heat this next up, one up, and put it in a bowl, heat this up, like, it's all, like, done, and it, and it takes, like, 10 minutes, that was the other thing that was great, I was like, oh, my God, this takes 10 minutes, and it's all in one pan, like, less cleanup. Good, good, because you should make it as easy as possible, yeah. life is hard. Yes, life is hard. Oh, I think we should do a cooking blog. A I think we should. We could do both. <laughs> we should just do a cooking podcast now. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, What do you guys like to watch on Food Network? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did I leave anything out? I love um, Kids Baking Championship also. And um, do we have any other favorites that we like to watch? Chopped beef Bobby Flay, chopped sweets, maybe. Anything else? I can't believe how long Bobby Flay has been on that network. It's kind of no. crazy. I once saw him at a show going back a few years. He was sitting a row or two in front of me. Oh. So there's that. Um, but, yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say this, but I will. That Mark Murphy has a fairly well-known restaurant chain called Landmark. Get it? M-A-R-C, because that's how he spells his first name. And we went once for, like, a nice dinner on a special occasion, and the food was actually not very good. We had to tell them how to, how to like, cook a hamburger and a steak. <laughs> that's so, always so disappointing. So, Mark Murphy, uh, we may give you another chance at some point in the future, but mm-hmm. we hope, uh, we hope your, your staff can raise its game. Oh, that's, that's like when I went to um, Anthony Bourdain's restaurant, uh, what the hell is it called now? Shit. Shit. Lehal. Lehal. Lehal, yeah. I was really disappointed. Um, I had been there, but I don't have one. I don't remember one way or the other. Yeah. I remember I had I muscles and I don't know. I was super disappointed. Which does happen. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But I mean, I guess can he doesn't go out. Yeah, I guess he didn't really have anything to do with it anymore, but it was still kind of like I was really hoping for it to be really exceptional. And it's it was hard, just, right. If your name is attached to it, however many years later, like I'm still gonna go and and think of you when I go. Yeah, yeah, and it was really disappointing. It was so disappointing. And yeah, that's too bad. Uh, if we can ever go out and resume a normal life uh, again, we have definitely added some restaurants to our list that when we hear about them through these celebrity judges, both from when we travel and also some that are right here in our neck of the woods. So we're hoping we get to experience them at some point in life. Have you been to Bobby Flay's? Any of Bobby Flay's places? I have been to Gato, which is downtown near the Public Theater. And that was right. fine. And okay. I went to Mesa Grill, which used to I be open, and that's, that's maybe my all-time favorite. Yeah, York that place was amazing. Every it closed. single time. It closed, it closed, right? It closed. It closed, right, yeah. And I went to, I had brunch once at his bar, American, which as it turns out is now a block away from my, what was my current office. Um, so so I had the, I had brunch there, and it was, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but I would make a good deal about it now. 
Yeah, Mesa Grill was fantastic, but that Mesa was something. Was that when you talk about like the celebrity chef restaurants, that's the big one that yeah. you're like, oh, this is why you are famous for doing something. Yeah, yeah, and I, but I feel like that that was sort of like the beginning of the whole celebrity chef. It was around then, yeah. Like Absolutely. sort of started he was one of the pioneers with that um that's kind of where it kicked off and so it makes sense that it was really really good back then but yeah ever since then it's i i kind of you know fallen off i mean like bobby's burger palace is kind of a cute you know yeah. quickie you yeah. know kind of shake shacky thing um but i do feel like there's like this sort of corporate sense of things now with his his food his 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 restaurants which makes sense you know now he's a big corporation exactly no it makes sense yeah. So, hey. Um, Is everyone yeah. fooded out? Yeah. I think we're fooded out. Now I'm hungry. I have to have a snack. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have a midnight snack. Um, that's it. We're done. We're done. Um, and we, we'd love to know. Uh, you guys hit us up on Back on the Block Pod on Facebook. Let us know what your favorite celebrity chefs are, where you love to eat, what you've been baking during our shelter in place. Yeah, you're lucky this Time. is a relatively short podcast because I could talk about food all day. Yes, we could. I absolutely could. Um, so cool. So I guess until next time. Yep. Stay stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't go outside unless you have to. And hopefully by the time of next week's podcast, things may be a little bit calmer in the world. Well, I see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.